was a month of December, and in homes all around, not a thing wasn't stirring. Busy chaos abounds. Demeanors of brashness flowed free without care in hopes that the other would treat them more fair. Whether in line or a meeting or digital post, angry comments and likes from those followed the most. When what to my world-wearied heart should appear but the kindness of Christmas, bringing love far and near. On Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday the same, be it listening or time spent, fan empathy's flame. To the day you grow old, from the day you can crawl, give away, give away kindness to all. The author is writing, his kindness so cheery, its power to wake and bring light to the weary. But lo, we must listen, and with him so exclaim, merry kindness to all. Now to all show the same. So I have been out doing a little bit of shopping, and uh, I have to tell you, I, I am not good at shopping for clothes. And one of the reasons why is because fashion has just changed way too much. And if I could just give you my um, unexpert opinion, I just think fashion today is so boring and drab. I mean, when I think about fashion, I think about the 70s, and I think about the cool clothes that... You know, you used to wear in the 70s, like the leisure suit. I used to have this really neat leisure suit. It was white with brown stitching all around it. It was really awesome. And underneath, I'd wear a silk shirt. It had like a, uh, a fall kind of uh, uh, pattern on it with leaves and things. And then the bell-bottom pants and the platform shoes. Now that, that is style. But I don't see that anymore. And if you dare dress that way nowadays, they think you're actually going to a costume party. So fashion for me is just something I don't get, and you've probably figured that out anyway. You see, what's fashion have to do with this series called A Different Kind of Christmas, where we're talking about kindness? Well, last weekend, Pastor Kyle did a great job reminding us of the power of kindness, and I so appreciated his object lesson. You remember those two uh, containers that he had. One represented truth, the other represented grace. And he filled them up with water and he says, you know, kindness is acting toward others always with grace and truth and never one or the other, but always full of grace and truth. Well, what I want to talk to you about this weekend is actually putting on kindness. That is the practice of that power of kindness, wearing kindness, because kindness is a fashion that never goes out of style, but you have to intentionally put it on all the time. Now, the kindness I want to talk to you about is not a kindness that we manufacture out of ourselves, but it's a supernatural kindness. So let's go to God's Word. And I want you to kind of, what I would call, doodle with Dale, all right? One of the things that I do, uh, probably because my mind gets distracted so easily, when I read God's Word, 
Um, I, I love to get a pen or pencil out, and I, and I literally, you know, I, I draw circles around things. I, I put li- underlines. I connect things to each other. It helps it come to life for me, so we'll try a little bit of that, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to doodle yourself, but we're going to look at a passage of Scripture. We jump right in, and Paul begins, and he says, With the Lord's authority... I say this. In other words, I'm not giving you guys my opinion, Paul says. This is coming from God. So it's like he's wanting them to really pay attention. This is serious stuff. He says, I say this, live no longer, all right? And I want you to pay attention to that, no longer as the Gentiles do. And that's how they used to live because he's talking primarily to Gentiles. He says, for they are, and that means you guys used to be, hopelessly confused. And when I read that, I thought to myself, what a commentary on the culture today. I don't know about you, but I look around and people seem so hopelessly confused. He says their minds are full of darkness. Boy, you see that, don't you, in the media and in conversations? You see that in the news? They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds, and hardened their hearts against him. And, you know, folks, one of the ways I know that God's word is absolutely true is it is so accurate in describing human nature, so accurate in describing what's happening. And boy, that just is such a picture of what's going on today. So if you're wondering what in the world is going on, like so many of us are, this Paul's telling you, people have closed their minds to God, close their minds to the truth, and they are wandering in darkness. They're kind of fumbling around in life. He says, they have no sense of shame. Boy, that's true. They live for lustful pleasure. We see that, don't we, in so many ways. And eagerly, that's a big word here. You see that right now in our culture today. They eagerly practice every kind of impurity. All you have to do is take those verses, watch what's happening today, and it's an apt description of what is taking place. You say, how does this have to do with kindness? Well, hang in there. Paul goes on and he says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. So now he's saying, okay, that's the way it used to be. Now, let's talk about what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth, okay? See, not the darkness, not tradition, not my opinion, but the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature. Get rid of those old clothes. They're not fashionable anymore. And your former way of life, which is corrupted, right, by the lust and deception. Instead, Paul says, let the Spirit, okay, so we've got the Holy Spirit who lives in us, renew, you, renew your thoughts, how you think, your attitude, how you express your thoughts. And look what he says. Put on your new nature. Put on the right fashion, okay? The fashion that never fails. Put on what Christ has given you. Created to be like God. That is so fascinating. We'll unpack that some other time. But put on your new nature. Created to be like God. In other words, God's given you his spirit. He lives in you. So you can take on the character of God himself because he lives in you. Truly righteous. God is truly righteous and holy. And so when I let him have control, 
his righteousness and holiness comes through me. Now, let me just stop for a moment because there are some people who read that verse and they have a, a, a theology that's really bad. They'll say, oh, look, we are gods. We're not gods, okay? It just simply means that we can be like him in letting him live his life through you and through me. Paul goes on and he says, so stop telling lies. So evidently they had an issue with telling the truth. All right, he goes on and uh, he says to them, not only should you speak the truth, but he says, and don't let the sun go down on your angry. So don't lie, he says, don't get angry. We move on the passage. And then he goes on and he says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. So don't lie, okay? Don't get angry. Don't let your anger get out of control. And my goodness, stop stealing. That's, that's not of the Spirit. And then he says, don't use foul or abusive language. So stop the, the naughty talk, right? Get that out of your system. He says in the passage here, so that your words will be an encouragement, right? So don't use bad words. Let your words be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, because the Spirit lives in you. So don't grieve God's Spirit. Don't throw cold water on the Spirit, so to speak. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all that bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Here it comes. You ready? Instead, he says, okay, instead, he says, be kind, and then he expresses the kindness to each other and tenderheartedness, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So this kindness is coming from the Spirit's presence in our life. It's not a kindness I try to drag out of my flesh. It won't work. Galatians 5, Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So what we're talking about when we are in this series on a different kind of Christmas is the kindness of Christ coming through our lives, your life and my life. So I think if you boil this all down, you'd have this one big idea that I want to explore with you right now. And it simply goes like this. I think what Paul's saying is, look, throw off the unkindness of your own nature, put on the kindness of Christ, and use that power to change the people and circumstances that are around you. So let's talk about how to then practice the presence of Christ's kindness in us and begin to watch how that changes hearts and how that changes lives, the hearts and lives of those who are around us as well. Okay, so let's jump in. I've got three principles I want to share with you. Here's the first one. I want to challenge you and your family, your kids, your spouse, your friends, to begin each day by choosing to be kind no matter what or who you face that day. Okay? A couple weeks ago, we talked about the fact that we must choose joy. We get to choose joy. And uh, in my relationship with my wife, Marcia, we've been kind of using that with each other sometimes in a, in a nice way to remind each other when we find each other kind of not choosing joy to say, hey, remember joy. Now I want you to choose 
kindness. Joy is a spiritual fruit. Now choose the fruit of kindness as well. Add that on. It has to be something that you choose to do, however, because you have to choose to ask the Holy Spirit who lives in you to produce that kindness in you and through you. Let me give you some ways that you can do that. Here's the first way. I want to suggest that you pre-think your day and pray through it. Pre-think it, pray through it, asking God to help you be kind in every situation. Pre-think, lay your calendar in front of God, whether it's on your phone or on paper. You don't keep a calendar, put one together and just lay it before God and in prayer and meditation, think through who are you going to meet? Where are you going to go? What are you going to be doing? And as you think it through, see yourself. Imagine yourself with those people. Imagine yourself in those places. Imagine yourself dealing with whatever the situation is and pray kindness into each situation. Imagine yourself being kind where you go, to who you see, and what you do. Just take your time to do that. You're pre-thinking it. Just like an athlete will pre-think their event that they're going to do. They'll run the whole routine through their mind before they actually do it. Run your day through your mind and run it through the filter of kindness. Here's how I'm going to be kind. Here's where I'm going to be kind. Here's who I'm going to be kind to. And then teach your kids to do that as well. In other words, help them, especially when they're young. Uh, pray with them through the day. Talk to them about, you know, what, what they're going to do that day. You know, who their teacher is and what are they going to study in? Are they going to be on the playground? Are they going to be at recess? Are they going to be in this sport or whatever it is? And, and just pray with them to have a kind day. Talk to them about how they're going to show kindness throughout their day. You're changing how they're beginning to think. And because you're a follower of Christ, you're drawing on supernatural kindness here. You teach your kids, listen, this is a gift that God has given to you. It's a fruit that you can exercise. So challenge them that way. And then the third thing I would say is think about the hard conversations or the difficult situations you know you may have coming up with a fellow employee or with your boss or someone who reports to you or maybe it's to somebody, you know, at school or whoever, wherever. And you know it's going to be hard. Pre-think that hard situation. Pre-think how you're going to respond if they react to you in a negative way. And how you could do that with some sense of kindness. All right? That will help you. It will go a long ways. I love what Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. It says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So to our campus at Edina, Loring Park, to our venues that are in Prairie Campus, those of you who are joining us online, I want you just to drip a lot of honey on people this Christmas season. A lot of sweetness. A lot of kindness. All right? So we're talking about choosing kindness. We're going to pre-think our day. Next, I, I want you to practice uh, purposefulness when you demonstrate kindness. In other words, do it with great intentionality. One of my favorite restaurants, they train their employees to say to you, it's my pleasure. 
But I have noticed that some of the employees take it really seriously. They'll, I mean, like, they'll go, it's my pleasure. You can tell by the expression of the face. They actually enjoyed serving you. They found it a pleasure to serve you and take care of your needs. But I have to tell you, I've had a few who say to me, it's my pleasure. And what I really know they're saying is, this is my pain. I got to get through these next six hours next. Right? So sometimes, you know, we can, we can practice kindness, but, you know, people can tell that it's not really coming from the heart. They can tell we're kind of having to do it. It's like when your kids were little and you said to them, say you're sorry to your brother or to your sister, and they would go, I'm sorry, right? And you know they weren't sorry. It didn't mean anything, right? And so then you're trying to get them to a place where they'll actually mean it, and that probably didn't happen, at least not for a while. You know, sometimes we have to think through, I, I, I don't want to be kind because this is just something I have to do. I want to be kind because that's who God is, and I want his kindness to come, come through me and, 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 and touch their lives. Because think about this, when you're being kind to others, you're actually bestowing a blessing on them. It's like you're giving them a gift. And there's so many ways to bestow kindness on others. You don't even have to speak to bestow kindness. If you're just thinking kindly toward others, believe it or not, it has an effect on them. Do you know why? Because it has an effect on you. It has an effect on your face. It has an effect on, you know, your energy, so to speak. I want to challenge you. The next time you're in an elevator or queued up in a long line or sitting in an airplane with a whole bunch of people or on the bus, I just want, I want to challenge you to think kind thoughts towards those who are around you. And then take those thoughts and turn them into kind prayers for those people. You will be amazed at the change that starts to happen. In fact, I, I want us to do this at all of our campuses, our venues, and, and wherever you're watching me right now, in your home, at a hotel room, wherever it is, your apartment, I just want you to stop for a moment. We're going to have kind of a, 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 a quiet time here. I'll give you about 30 seconds, and I want you to think kind thoughts. I want you to pray kind thoughts to the people who are around you. If you say, well, I'm all alone, think of the people that you love and know. And just, just began to express that in prayer. So I'm going I'm to stop, give you a chance to do that, okay? Don't focus on me, focus on some kind thoughts. Kind of awkward, isn't it? I want to encourage you every day to periodically stop, take 20 or 30 seconds, be mindful of just expressing kindness in your thoughts and in your prayers for others. And watch how God begins to change the people around you because he's going to be changing you and they will notice that and good things are going to happen. All right? Pre-think, be purposeful. How about this one? All right? Don't let your emotions determine your kindness. Be obedient to how you should behave. Okay? Don't let your emotions determine your kindness. If you let your emotions run your life, they will run you all over the road, okay? If I'm only kind when I feel like being kind, I'm going to struggle to be a kind person. And there are times when emotionally I don't want to be kind, but listen, I, in that moment, I choose to be kind. Now, it's harder when you have to choose to be kind because you don't want it to be a duty, right? 
You don't want it to be like when you tell your kids, say you're sorry, and they don't mean it. But sometimes you have to just ignore your emotions and will to do the kind thing. Will to smile. Will to serve. Will to open the door. Will to come alongside of people. God wills kindness towards you and me. I love this passage found in Romans chapter 2. Paul says, don't you see how many, how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God could wipe us out in a second, but he doesn't. He shows his kindness to the just and the unjust. God is a kind God. People want to talk about all the bad things that happen. That's our doing. That's sin's doing. But God's kindness, especially expressed in Christ, is there to move us towards God. You know, sometimes, sometimes it is hard, though, to be kind, isn't it? I mean, Jesus says, you know, when they slap you on the face, turn the other cheek. When they ask, ask you for your, you know, shirt, give them your coat. When they want you to go a distance, go, you know, further with them. And when I was thinking about that, I was reminded of a passage of Scripture I wrote down here, 1 Peter 2.23. It says, he did not retaliate, Jesus, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. If you and I can get to that point when we've been insulted or hurt, if we can get to that point where we go, you know what? God saw what just happened. God saw how it was treated. God, said, God saw and heard what was said. I'm going to let him deal with the judgment side of things. I'm going to let him square it up someday. I'm going to focus on being like Jesus. I'm not going to retaliate except with kindness. Paul says, heap good on their head. It's like burning coals. When somebody knows they've been naughty, when they know they've been mean, when they've been wrong towards you, and you give back goodness to them, I want to tell you something. That's painful for that person. And we're not trying to inflict them with, with pain. And I don't like that saying, kill them with kindness. I, I just don't like that. But we want to shower them with the goodness of God's kindness because we've experienced it in our lives, all right? All right, number two, focus daily on these three ways to demonstrate kindness toward others. Focus daily on these three ways to demonstrate kindness towards others. Shanti Feldan has written a book called The Kindness Challenge. A lot of the material that Cal and I are taking is coming from that book. I'll tell you more about it toward the end of our series. But here are the three ways, and I've kind of tweaked them a bit, that that she says, you know, we should demonstrate kindness on a, on a daily basis. Number one, say nothing negative, all right? Say nothing negative. Now, I want to camp on that next weekend, so I'm not going to say much more about that right now, but I want to draw your attention to two passages of Scripture. Ephesians 4, 29, we already saw this, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. One more passage of scripture I want to look at, and that is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Pastor Kyle talked about that last weekend growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to become more and more like Christ. So in your words, when you speak, 
Are you building up or are you tearing down? Kindness builds up. Rudeness, unkindness tears down. How about in your family? You know, in our families, sometimes we can get kind of snarky with each other, can't we? We can become kind of rude, sarcastic in our humor. What's it like in your home? How do you guys use your words at home? Do you use your words to build your kids up? To build your parents up? To build your siblings up? Or do you find yourself kind of tearing each other down? You watch way too many sitcoms. And so, you know, you take the way they kind of slam each other and then you use that with each other. Or how do you talk to others about others? <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? I think it's known as gossip. When you're talking about someone to someone else, do you speak in ways that are lifting that person up? Or do you speak in ways that are tearing that person down? Or how about if you're dealing with a jerk? Because there are jerks in life. I've been them. <laughs> I've been one. And I'm sure I'll be a jerk again someday soon. I don't want to be, but we all at times are jerks and we deal with jerks. How do you talk about those people, right? Do you call them jerks? Do you describe them that way? That's not kindness. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's the result of my flesh. And God wants me to practice the fruit of his Spirit. Number two. Practice speaking sincere words of affirmation to others. We'll talk more about that next weekend, but I want to get it in your minds now. Don't speak negatively toward others. When you speak about others, speak words of affirmation or just don't say anything at all. Paul wrote the Thessalonians and he said this. He says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And we've already been talking about that, building up and not tearing down. When we talk about others, build them up. Don't tear them down with our words. Alan Redpath, and I've shared this little formula with you before, went through a difficult time when he was pastoring his church years and years ago. He formed kind of a society around him where they all covenanted together that they would think before they would talk because so much of what they were saying was negative and critical. And here's the acronym. Maybe remember this. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? Think before you speak. And if it's not true, don't say anything. If it's not helpful, don't say anything. If it's not inspiring, don't say anything. If it's not necessary, don't say it. And if it's not kind, keep, as my mama used to say, keep your mouth shut. Hey, folks, this series is as much for me as it is for anybody else. It's been very convicting, and I'm excited about it because I want to become kinder. I need to become kinder because that's who Jesus is. I want that fruit to come in and out of my life, all right? And then, oh, that's fun. Number three, all right? Practice doing one simple and small act of kindness each day with an attitude of thoughtfulness, okay? So I'm not gonna say anything negative. I'm gonna say things that are affirmative, and I'm gonna try to do one simple act of kindness every day. It doesn't have to be huge, it can be small. I want to show kindness toward others. 
there's this passage in Acts I've never paid attention to before until now. And, and I found this. I want to share it with you. It's at the end of the book of Acts. Paul's talking about what happened after you're shipwrecked. He says, the native people showed us unusual kindness when they washed up on shore on Malta. He says, the native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled the fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was so cold. What does he mean by un, you know, unusual kindness? What it means is, you know, they could have saw us as a threat. They could have attacked us. They could have ignored us. They could have, you know, turned us in or whatever it was. But he said, they went out of their way in the cold and the wet to build us a fire, to warm us, to feed us, to care for us. I am so sorry to say that we live in a world where kindness just, it just doesn't seem to exist these days. And there's so much unkindness that we have to intentionally seek to be kind. So I started doing something. Um, I, I got my iPhone out and I decided I'm going to create a, a list. And I've got it in my notes section. And I've got a kindness list and an unkindness list. And so I've been trying to really be sensitive and aware of people behaving kindly around me and people behaving unkindly. And I'm also trying to keep track of my own kindness and unkindness. And, and I'm finding that I'm starting to get used to this, okay? And I'm finding that it's making me kinder. So I went to see my, my dad because he's alone uh, at Christmas time, and I want to spend a couple of days with him. And so I flew down quickly to Florida. And, you know, if you want to look for unkindness, just travel, okay, these days. But I was also trying to find kindness, and I, and I found a couple examples. Um, I went through security, and there was this passenger, when he got out, out of security at MSP, uh, he just stood there, like, con totally confused. And, and I was a little ways behind it, but I, I noticed right away that uh, two other uh, folks who had gone through security rushed toward him and said, are you okay, sir? How can I help you? And he just kind of stood there bewildered until he finally kind of got himself and figured out where he was. He was an elderly gentleman. And, and then they, you know, kind of gave him some direction. I thought, that was so kind. You know, they could have just marched on to their gate, and yet they stopped and noticed that something wasn't right there, and they paid attention to him. I, I saw somebody help uh, a lady on the flight put her bags up uh, in the bin for her because they're too big and too heavy. And I thought, wow, that's a neat act of kindness. Um, I was sitting at a McDonald's. My, my dad doesn't have internet, so... When I want to have internet, I've got to go into McDonald's in the little town that he lives in. And, and I was kind of sitting there working on some stuff. And uh, this man came up in, in a wheelchair. He was actually an employee that works there. And I, I watched somebody ran to the door and opened the door for him so he could come in. And I thought, what a great act of kindness. And then that inspired me. I had an opportunity. I was in a place where uh, some folks who were obviously not from our country, they're from overseas, had flown in, and they wanted tea, and I overheard them. They said, do you have any tea to the lady there? And, and they, they said, no, we ran out. And they, they said it kind of like that. No, we ran out. And the lady goes, well, you have hot water, but no tea. I said, we ran out. Well, I always have some tea with me in my, in my bag um, because of my travel. So I was so excited. I went into my bag. I found the tea, and I handed her the tea bag. She says, where did you get that? And I said, oh, I just carry it with me. And she kind of looked at me with her broken accent and just said, you know, thank you so much. And I went back, and I sat down. And I thought, you know, if I wasn't thinking kindness, I probably would not have done that. 
And the only reason I'm thinking kindness is because I'm watching other people do kindness and I'm being reminded of that. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm simply saying, if you'll be intentional and look for kindness, it's going to make you a kinder person. And by the way, next weekend, I'm going to give you a very simple way to test how kind you really are. So don't miss next weekend when we do that. Well, I'm running out of time, so I want to remind you of two more things. Number one, I've got a list on the website. If you go to past messages and look up the notes section, I've got a list like of 14 or more ways, little ways that you can show kindness to others. I encourage you to go there and, and practice some of those acts of kindness this coming week. But there's one more thing I want to say to you, and that's this. Limit your intake of negativity. Please, all of us have, we just all need to work on this. You know, when the Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit, when you and I take in negativity all the time, it quenches the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't want us to do that. We live in such a negative world. And it's more negative now than it's ever been before. Talk radio, the news media, social media, conversations. It is so negative, and that has an influence on our life. Paul wrote the Corinthians, and he said this. He said, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. To obey Christ. You and I have to take our thoughts, and we have to manage them. If we don't, they will manage us. In Proverbs chapter 15, I love this verse. It says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. So if I'm feeding my mind on trash, the trash of this world, the immorality of this world, the violence of this world, the negativity of this world, it's going to influence my life. You know, they did a study and they found out that, you know, the, the optic nerve behind the eye is the only nerve directly connected to the brain. But here's what's interesting, all right? If you think of an eye, all right, I'm, I'm sorry about my artwork, all right, but this is an eye, okay? And you think about that optic nerve and somehow it's attached to the brain, all right? Sorry about that brain, okay? All right? Got the brain here with all the squiggles, all right? Do you know that the brain sends more information to the eye than the eye sends back to the brain? That means I can't always trust what I see because my brain is influencing how I see it. That's why you can have four people see the same accident and give you four different accounts because our brain, our mind affects how we look and how we see life. And our brain is affected by our nature, which is a sinful nature. Our brain, we know from scientific study, has an automatic default that is negative. Our default way of thinking is negative to begin with. So if I heap in more negativity, you can see how it can totally discolor everything that I see and look at in life. Therefore, I need to limit how much negativity I'm taking in. 
And with the amount of time young people spend in front of television and video games, <clears throat> and even adults, there's a lot of negativity coming in that I think we're seeing being acted out a wrong perspective on life. I, I read something that was very convicting to me. And I, I just, I want to share it with you. And I'm not trying to beat you up at the end of the message, but I, you know, I, I, I don't think we think these things through. But let me ask you a question. Would you ever invite somebody into your home to murder somebody in front of you? I hope, I hope we would all say, never would I do that. Would you invite somebody into your home to commit adultery in front of you and your family? I hope you would say, never would allow that. Would you invite somebody into your room, into your house, to take off all of their clothes? You'd say, no, I would never do that. But how often do we do that when we turn our televisions on or when we have the computer on or watching, you know, whatever show or whatever movie is? See what I'm trying to say? The things that we would tell ourselves I would never do, we still allow to happen in front of us. We still allow to be performed in front of us. And I don't care how sanctified and holy you think you are, that has a way of getting itself through that optic nerve into the brain. And when garbage goes in, you know that old saying, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. And I think that's why so many believers' lives, so many Christians' lives, so many pastors' lives are so spiritually ineffective and weak because what we're feeding the mind is not pure. It's not pleasing to spirit. It's not something God's spirit can use. And when you have negativity coming in all the time, it just, you can't be kind anymore. It makes you unkind. It makes you callous. It makes you cynical. It makes you negative. It makes you insensitive to what's happening around us. As I flew in to Minneapolis this week, having been down in Florida and seeing my dad and flew over the city, I tell you, I just suddenly felt like a weight in my heart for the Twin Cities in particular and for the great need, the great need of salvation in every heart and every soul and every life. I don't want to lose a burden for the world around me. I want to show them the goodness and the grace of God. And you know how that starts? Not by waving our finger in front of people's faces, but by showing them the kindness of Christ, by expressing truth smothered in grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace to us. We thank you for your kindness, which we now celebrate in Holy Communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you joining on, me online, if you have your bread and your juice ready, what a great way for us to celebrate the kindness of God who gave his son Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. That's what that little piece of bread that you have right now, and perhaps you're sharing with others in the room where you are, represents the body of Christ. Jesus said, take this and eat it in remembrance of me.
And then he took the cup. And the cup represents his blood that was shed for us. It's where we receive absolute forgiveness of all our sins. Jesus said, this cup's a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. Remembrance of me. Father, thank you for your kindness. Help us now to go and be kind in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. will see you next weekend.